Hey, and welcome to the first episode of I Hate Your Music. Uh, I'm Sam Brown, and with me is Michael Scarsden. Uh, a couple things I want to get out of the way up top. Uh, the recording of the audio of the songs wasn't the best this episode. It's the first episode. We're still working out some of the kinks, and uh, rest assured, for future episodes, we figure it out. It sounds a lot better. Uh, it's more fun, so check out those future episodes and uh, bear with us this episode. And also, uh, it gets a little cut off at the end, so uh, we're going to be talking about something that's going to seem like uh, an abrupt ending of the conversation. It's not that uh, anyone said anything wrong about Rivers Cuomo. Uh, it's just uh, we lost that audio and I had to record another ending for it. So uh, without any further ado, uh, enjoy the first episode of I Hate Your Music. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Welcome. This is the first episode of I Hate Your Music. I thought it would kick in right there. There That's we go. That's where that Yeah. Get it? I hate your music. I hate to say I told you so. Oh, I didn't catch that beforehand. I just thought you were a big fan of the hives. The hives, huh? What do they call that music? The Strokes? They called it... Uh, garage revival and stuff it was a big it was all those yeah. bands during that time yeah it was, it was, i was yeah i was in new york during that time very exciting time right uh the kind of uh there was that one summer where electro clash was like the big buzzword uh in williamsburg and it was just a lot of people wearing neon and doing cocaine right you know, I've been I it's funny you played the hives cuz the other day I went down a little rabbit hole of all ah. those songs. Like the hives, the vines, that yeah. one song by Blur. The hives were like uh it's funny that you're like that one song by Blur where Blur's the big band there out of the 3 that you mentioned. The yeah. other the other bands were like Flash in the Pan bands, but Blur was like was rivaled Oasis, you know? Blur had many hits. Right, I I only know song two. I listened to their greatest oh, hits album. It's great, and the only I just like skipped to song two. <laughs> Beetlebum, Beetlebum is on that album, and it's a it's, better song. I think it's the first track on there. Let me see. Uh, I never got I never got into Blur. I Blur's got, cool. I never got into the Gorillas. I liked he. The Gorillas are like okay. He came out with an album last year. Usually, you don't need like a cartoon to accompany your band to be good. Right. You know, like most most often it's like, oh no, the music should be good enough. Did you listen to what was That's it? Uh, call me crazy. That's my theory. Yeah. I liked uh the that one girl's song was the reason I got into hip hop though. Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood with That's D- Del Funky. The whitest thing you've ever said. Yeah. No, I mean, we'll probably explore some hip-hop on this album, but yeah, yeah, on this podcast, but yeah, when I first started listening to hip I mean, I have a Wu-Tang tattoo, which is the (laughs) second whitest thing I think I can say, Um, and I got it when I was 17, and I've really only listened to one of their albums, so... 36 Chambers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, 36 Chambers is... is one of the best hip hop, in my opinion, one right. of the best hip hop albums ever. But yeah, for a long time, I was like, Del Funky, Nas, Illmatic, Thirty Six Chambers are like the. It's a lot of people say it now, like real hip hop. Well, I mean, Nas, the Nas is amazing. And oh Nas, yeah. I feel like it's like so underrated for what he was too. I mean, like I think if for people that like really listen to hip hop, they like all revere Nas in a way. But I just mean like, like he is. The people he he his peers are so much more mainstream kind of have so much more mainstream recognition than he ever got. Yeah, except for like with white people, with like shitty white people who only listen to quote unquote real hip hop, they'll say Nas, they'll say Tribe <laughs> yeah, Called yeah, Quest, yeah. they'll say there's another one. But even there, I feel like like Nas is like like Tribe Called Quest is a little bit more like college white kid than, right 
than Nas. Like Nas has more of a, a real feel to it. Yeah. I mean that album's great. I mean he he released an album last year produced by Kanye and I'm a big Kanye West fan despite all the awful uh shit that's come out in the last couple of years. Um and speaking of awful shit, the album we you listen to today is by another awful person. So Oh yeah. That's great. I'll tell you the whole story about why he's a piece of shit later. Yeah, you can kind of tell. I mean, we'll get into it. Right. Um, but yeah, the lead singer of Brand New, kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, oh. so uh, the the thing that, that this podcast is based on, uh, uh, it's called I Hate Your Music. And, uh, me, and me and Michael here, we were friends. Uh, we have a, a decade between us right. as far as an age difference. And we're both big music fans. Sam and is 17. I'm, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, and... It's exactly ten years, huh? You're twenty seven. I'm twenty seven. Yeah, and I'm thirty seven. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's it's funny. Like there is a lot of stuff that you know we we share uh, interests in musically, but there's a lot of stuff that we we differ on. And uh, yeah, and uh, I thought it would be fun to do a po- a podcast where we talk about uh, albums we like and make the other person listen to albums we like and uh talk about how much we hate them right yeah and uh, you listen to a lot of old music yeah i listen to music yeah when i was young when i was like in high school i used to listen to like i was like every i i have to listen to the newest music like it's uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be a guy who's a music guy by listening to the newest thing and uh just jump on that board as early as po- uh, on that train as early as possible and uh yeah and that's how i got into ska and it really burned me right and then i was like after ska i was like you know what there's a lot of good music out there like listen to some established stuff like dive into the past and and really explore what's going on and then in college i listened to a lot of like classic rock and stuff like that yeah i think at 27 or the last three years i've started listening to more older music i listened to the smiths when i was like 13 because a really cool science teacher i was like i'm into punk music and for whatever reason he was like well listen to the smiths if you like punk music and i bought well listen to the carpenters if you like punk yeah i bought a t-shirt from the smiths i think it was their self-titled album it's like a shirtless dude in red uh but i didn't actually listen to the album i just wanted the science teacher to think i was cool and um but in the last five years, I started getting into them, and then you introduced me to um, oh fuck, Joy Division. Who oh I'm yeah, a fan of. also uh, uh, peers with the Smiths. Right. All, they all shared the... a, a practice space, I believe. Oh, did they? Oh yeah, you've told me about. I that. think they they would the, the guys in the Smiths would like like look out the window of the practice space and. Look at the guys in Joy Division smoking cigarettes, and they look—they were like, "Those guys are scary." Right, and yeah, and and with the Smiths, I don't know if you heard it, but well, should, how do we want to go? Do you want to go first, or should I go first? What album do we want to go into? Because the brand new, the dude from Brand New is highly influenced by. Well, yeah, I, I think we've been talking about the brand new album. Yeah. So uh, let's go into brand new. You had me listen to brand new. What was it gods and demons, angels and demons? Oh man, the- no. Uh, I mean, the title is pretty cringy. Uh, it's the devil and God are raging inside of me. And <laughs> spoiler alert, guys, this is an emo album. See, and this was fun for me because uh, when I was listening to like after immediately post ska, I, uh, I I listened to some emo. I dabbled uh and there was some you know like i it did there was stuff i was like oh this reminds me a little bit of my my old emo days and how yeah there was a thing with this album where it was like like i was i wasn't a huge fan sure cut to the chase not a huge fan all right and i would say it was my experience with it as I got into it. And there was points where I would like hear it. Like there would be like a little moment of something. There'd be a glimmer that I would be like, Oh, this is promising. And then, uh, but for the most part, it would be followed by something that made me either roll my eyes oh. or 
just just straight out like kind of like be like oh oh and we'll, we'll get into like moments okay. that I, I can specify well should i give a little background on this yeah album? give a little background all right so brand new is a band from long island or from new jersey i'm not entirely certain let me look that up right now um it's fronted by a dude named jesse lacy um and when they came onto the scene uh jesse lacy was actually uh, a member of taking back sunday another huge huge band from the uh third wave emo era and third wave emo is probably what most people know when they listen when they hear emo it's like a lot of like dudes and eyeliner with like girl pants and straightened hair and it's pretty theatrical that's really funny yeah and stuff like that i listen to like 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 get up kids and like i think the emo band the band that you'd classify as emo that i listened to the most was piebald but that was like a massachusetts thing right i think piebald is considered first wave first wave really get get up kids are considered second wave also no i I would say piebald is second wave i bet uh well i mean i guess their first album they had this album and that's like you know we'll talk about like uh albums that i'm like oh you should listen to this album because like this is uh, their first album was like a screamo album hmm. and it and i believe that the the lead singer piebald like blew out his voice singing the way he like screaming as hard as he did in the album right and i just think it and so they if you see them live they never play those songs because i don't think they can and but they're just they're they're great it's i think that first album's like it's like t- 20 minutes long and it's like just like big and a lot of screaming with like a little bit of singing a little bit of clear voice under it 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 rides that contrast really well and really fun and but a band that i bring up that i think is like really first wave emo that i i would listen to is sunny day real estate sure i love sunny day yeah the diary great album great album that was that was another one of those albums where i bought it because people were like if you like emo, you should listen to this. And I didn't really love it until, I mean, this was like 10 years ago. I started listening to Diary like on repeat, and I still think that's a great album. And then they put out they put out new music a couple of years ago with Circa Survive, who were another third wave band who had like one good album and then, or two good albums, a lot of people say, and the rest is kind of trash. But yeah, brand new from Long Island. They put out this is their third album, Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me. Widely so if you don't like this album, then you're probably just not gonna like any third because this is widely considered to be like the magnum opus of third wave emo. It's funny, like every like when I was listening to this, everyone that I would talk to that I was like I was like, Oh, I'm doing this thing, it's kind of like this experiment, uh, and uh I have to listen to this album uh by brand new anyone that was like under 30 was like oh i love brand new right and so it's like this is when you get older there's certain things that happen that you're you just don't understand and i think this is one of those things well and i picked this album because it felt like so brand new's first album is called your favorite weapon and it is all breakup songs and it is rough (laughs) i mean like it is rough there's songs like it's just the whole album i think the final lines on the final song is about being 18 and um, the lyrics are, we're going to stay 18 forever so we can live like this forever. And it's about like not listening to your parents and stuff. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's very oh, music. So powerful, right? It's very, fuck I mean, you mom. Yeah, and even for me, it's a rough, it's a rough listen. And then their second album, Deja Intendu, still very emo, and it's like, but was still like an evolution from that, where they're talking more about like crazy stuff, and there's like a date rape song, and it's like really intense and dark. And then this album came out after like three years of no music from them and a bunch of leaks, and um, lyrically, it's less about women and more about like big dark things and alcoholism and murder one of the songs which is i'm interested if you like it um and supposed to be like their magnum opus until their most recent album which i think is actually their best and their most um 
mature album. But yeah, if you don't like this one, then you're just not going to like any third wave emo music. Uh, this is the big one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I I think yeah, they're they're. I I just it's not enjoyable to listen to the lyrics. I find like I in the way that like it's like I'm constantly thinking like relax, man, <laughs> take it easy. Like you're not that important. Uh, where it, it reminds me of like a 13 year old's diary. Wow. Uh. <laughs> These these lyrics are tattooed on thousands of people. Yeah, who take themselves too seriously. Sure, sure. Uh, I it's it is that like like I think and I think it is what they are tapping into that they are tapping into that like oh when you're younger you think your experience is so precious and you think you know and like. It's it's so much of that like I'll show you right. that feeling that like teenage angsty I'll show you I'm gonna be great one day. Uh, <laughs> well, let's go into the songs. Let's, let's, then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the first this song um, sewing season sewing season uh, parentheses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need the yeah? Uh, <laughs> I mean, on the original demo. Uh, which was leaked. Uh, the title was just called "Yeah." Oh, yeah. I okay. Think, I so think there's like... Robert Frost lyrics in this too, bro. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So maybe it's just Robert Frost. That I think <laughs> is really cringy. Uh, <laughs> uh, the this one, I mean, had maybe one of my favorite moments in the album. Uh, and. But there's also uh, moments that, like, I was like, ugh. Uh, but I'd say my, my favorite moment is the moment, it's it's towards the end of the song. It's kind of into the, the, the bridge a little. It's, it's the part where he, where he screams, I'm not your lover. I'm not your friend. I'm not your family. You like that or you I hate like that? that? I oh, like yeah. that. Uh, I thought that was a really nice moment, but there's just other... Like and then all of a sudden we get into the other parts of the song and I'm like, uh, let's take a listen. Sure, let's take a listen. Uh, I'm gonna skip into it a little bit. Let's see, where are we here? Like this, this is cool. Sure. I feel like they don't like build on it in a way that I'm like, and and this is the song for me. Is, is, is this right here? hit the mute uh yeah i'm just a man that feels yeah that? <laughs> i'm just a man who knows how to feel who knows how to feel yeah right. do you i mean yeah i mean i get it yeah like you know i that i was a little apprehensive like we're diving into the deep end on the michael scarston like yeah because i love this shit i yeah. love like really sappy um cringy like sad boy music yeah yeah um, yeah and I, it's interesting you say like 
like I think a lot of the music I listen to is like all about like tension and release for the most part, and that's like so much of emo music. And uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I like that too. Like, and I like it like to like have like build and release, and and uh, there for me this third wave stuff, and and I think where I disconnect with a lot of the third wave stuff it it's it's a lot of it's a lot more apparent in the next track is there is kind of this like they're really trying to pull off this kind of like mixture of like first off like like having this like like emotional slow kind of like like intense build that like it's like really like oh i'm gonna play light and we're gonna do some like really light stuff and it's gonna seem like i have a lot of emotional things going on they mix that with the the like heavy like we're gonna scream stuff and then the part that like really misses me with a lot of this third wave emo stuff is then they go like all right and then we're just gonna do this like little like poppy upbeat thing and like we're gonna just kind of sing a little and that's where i'm like guys stop it pick a lane yeah pick a lane and just like it's it's like in the next track i think uh uh, millstone there's a lot of like whoa whoa or or something like that whoa yeah and it's just like stop like I don't know that for me I'm like, oh, next right. Well, we you know. Do I, you like the song Millstone? I I mean I like. I'll just go through the songs that I. Do. There's only really two songs I don't love on this album, and then okay three. Uh, not the sun. The archers' bows have been broken, so that's track eight, track eleven, and then I hate the closer on this one. It's okay. really kind of uh, painful. Wait, let's take Let a me... second, a listen for a second to "Not the Sun." Uh... Yeah, I see this. This is—it's just like very generic feeling. Yeah, these are. This is like. Not the Sun and Archers are the two songs that are kind of harken back to like the album before, and like it's very like hook driven, um, kind of like pop punky. Yeah. Like people who liked their first two albums probably only liked these two songs when it came out. Like when this album came out, a lot of folks were didn't like it. A lot of brand new fans didn't like it because it was such a departure from their first album or a departure from their second album and then an even further departure from their first album. Let's hear Archers for a second. And this has like the cringiest lyrics on the album. Who do you carry a torch for, my young man? All right, yeah, that's dumb. Um... And then handcuffs is the. Yeah, this song is kind of. So this is that like low like. This be emotional. Yeah, on their first three albums they always ended with an acoustic tune, and this is the acoustic tune. Um, yeah, and the bridge Snooze. on this song makes me Snooze. cringe. Um, oh yeah, but there's one the one song on this album. What did you think of Limousine? Limousine, Limousine was okay. Wait, let me go. Back. Let me hear when it gets going to remind me. Oh yeah, okay. Uh Yeah, Limousine was okay. There was something that it reminded me of that uh we'll we'll talk about in a second. Uh but uh part of this podcast, uh one of the ideas I had is we're going to suggest to the other person like, "Hey, you liked this. Why don't you check out this other album?" Sure. 
Uh, and there was something about this song in particular that that reminded me of this other album that I'm su- gonna suggest to you. Um, it's decent. I thought um, f- the song that that kind of I found maybe not that I'd say maybe Limousine is towards the top of my list of songs on the album, but the song that I found uh, the the like that got stuck in my head the most whether i liked it or not was uh was de gazer mm-hmm. um i kind of got like ugh, like with like the like whole like kind of kid coursey kind of thing oh i like that it's 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 fine it's just kind of such a, such a thing you know uh i don't I, know what do you mean <laughs> there's like a lot of songs around uh, what what year was this made uh, i think 2006 yeah, there's a lot of songs around this time that like incorporated that. Like there's that like that justice song. Sure. And, like, the uh, it was those. Uh, what was what were those albums where the music teacher would do the covers of popular songs and have the children singing? Those... I mean, there's the creep cover in the ooh ooh. Oh, okay. we almost had a dog problem. Um, by the format, ayo. But yeah, yeah, that the creep cover is uh, done by the. It's like a thing. It's like an right. album. I forget what. It's like something school of music, or uh, and they released an album where it was like a choir of children singing popular songs, like David Bowie and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and I think there just started to be a trend of that kind of thing, and I, it's fine. It just kind of I was like, it's a good good song without that but yeah um yeah i don't know there's a funny thing about and maybe it's like my you know i I know a little bit about the story but like there's like a thing with uh these kind of emo-y like angsty teenage angsty songs that you go and you, you go back and listen to and you realize, like, oh, this attitude isn't great right. that these people have. Uh, and it's funny. I noticed it with uh, – I'm a fan of The Descendants. Did you ever listen to The Descendants? Right, yeah. And you go and you listen to some Descendants songs, like the song Hope, which is a very popular Descendants song. And you realize, like, oh, that song's, like, problematic. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like – the the chorus being like i know someday my day will come and it's all about like a guy pining after a girl and just like automatically thinking the guys that she dates are assholes and uh and like i'll fucking show you right yeah i think a lot of these emo songs have that attitude oh i mean third wave emo is like rife like it is all it's all pretty bad like these guys were (laughs) bad like and it's interesting because the new brand of emo that's coming out that's like revival shit is all very woke, like yeah. incredibly woke, and like it's insane. I mean, yeah, I think it, it very much is that like it's like all it's guys chasing after that manic pixie dream girl and thinking that they're kind of, you know, like sensitive, like like I'll have my time in the sun like that those kind of feelings will like justify any sort of actions they take kind of thing. Right. And these are all like rock stars at this time. Yeah. And they're <laughs> complaining about like women where it's like and for the most part, you know. Yeah. And well, we'll talk about Limousine cuz that is considered the best song by this band ever. Okay. And then we'll talk about how uh, Jesse Lacey raped a bunch of people. <laughs> so cool. Uh, so uh, <laughs> he didn't he didn't rape a bunch of people, but you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Limousine is considered their best song. It's like eight minutes long. It was their longest song until the last track on their newest album, Science Fiction. Um, and it's about this girl in Long Island who. She was a flower girl at a wedding, and then on the limousine ride home from the wedding, uh, this drunk dude hit the limousine, and she got decapitated. And it's like, yeah, the whole the song is told from the perspective of the little girl, the little girl's mom, who's like 
holding the baby's head in the street and then finally told from the perspective of the drunk driver and stuff. And so it's like this really deep, intense tune. Um, but yeah, and I, I like it a lot. There's a whole lot of movements to it. There's like four different sections to the song. But yeah. The, did he know the girl or like the, did the people? Jesse Lacey Or know did the girl, he read the singer? story? I think they just like... read the story online and it was close to like home and stuff like that. Like they are from Long Island and so they heard about it and it affected him. <laughs> but uh, he's like, I'm going to own this. Yeah, this is my story. <laughs> but uh, now on to, and we'll, we'll wrap up the brand new section okay. on talking about Jesse Lacey's discretions because it's interesting. You mentioned the problems um yeah jesse lacy after the release of their most recent album uh they're like a very enigmatic band and they didn't release any music for like five years and they said like our last album the last album science fiction is going to be our last album as a band we're going to do a major tour and stuff and then last january so january 2018 um during you know all the allegations against like Weinstein and all that stuff. Uh, a bunch of women came out against Jesse Lacey. And these are things that had actually happened where basically he was like, when he was in his twenties, he was like sleeping with like 16 year old girls on tour and like masturbating on Skype to like little girls and, or young women and stuff like that. And he like released a statement that was like, I'm a sex addict and all of those things. Um, oh, well, it's forgiven. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, Pitchfork did an article on it, and he, I mean, we could talk about Jesse Lacey's transgressions for hours, because he, like, apparently slept with one of his band members, like, wives and stuff, and that band member's not in the band anymore. Oh, um, really? But, uh, cool. yeah. So not a great guy. And then like the worst thing so, about regular it, Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, there was a tune on their second album, Deja and Tendu called me versus Maradona versus Elvis or Jaws things that is like he, he wrote it and it's like about like date rape. And he was always like, this isn't like a personal story. This is like the perspective of a date rapist, but it's pretty, it's pretty clear now that it's a personal story. <laughs> so, there we go. Ugh. That's Jesse Lacey and brand new. And people, obviously, I mean, we uh, we were talking about the Michael Jackson documentary before this. Like, people are going to defend him and be like, you know, it was 10 years ago. But still, not a great guy. So, yeah. Um, On his, to- his episode of The Simpsons is not to be shown anymore. Right. Yeah. Just him screaming over. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to. Uh, wait, wait. Let's get my my uh, uh, my album suggestion for you. Oh, yes. Album this suggestion. Is, this is kind of like a loose album suggestion. Uh, uh, it, it There were certain things that hit. Obviously, like Limousine kind of had uh reminded me of a song from this album that i i don't think you've listened to this album maybe you have hmm. but i think you should even if you have take another listen to it it it's uh marilyn manson oh do, do you listen to any marilyn no. manson and it's a it's a a, a a unique album from his catalog it's mechanical animals okay which was his kind of dive into doing like a a david bowie glam rock thing hmm. it features songs like uh uh, the Dope Show, uh, I Don't Like the Drugs, But the Drugs Like Me, wow. which is a fun, glammy song. See, Marilyn Manson makes me cringe. So, <laughs> uh, But this, if you listen to this album, it gets a little bit more like uh, interesting than you would think. Uh, there's actually, it kind of reminds me of stuff that like Radiohead was doing at the time, and uh, it has a very like electronic feel. Uh Let's let's check out uh, a song that kind of reminded me of uh, Limousine. Hold on, let me just bring up his albums. This is the last track on the album. Ooh, I love last tracks. Blank. 
See, not not what you'd expect out of Marilyn Manson, right? Right. See, his voice seems affected to me, though. I mean, he definitely has like a thing. That's the song Coma White Off of Mechanical Animals Alright, let's let that kick in Yeah, it could have gone like, I was thinking like, do I say check out Diary? And I was like, I bet he listens to Diary. And then right. I was like, do I say sometimes friends fight piebald? And I was like, well, that's like a little obvious, a little easy. And then I was like, I'll stretch a little. I'll go Marilyn Manson, well, I'll Mechanical check out, Animals. I'll check out the piebald album because I think it's something I'll genuinely enjoy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. And then, well, yeah, I'll listen to the Marilyn Manson album as the, I think you'll be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll be surprised. Uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a, a shot. Well, should we? Yeah, let's move on to the next one. So you picked a up and coming <laughs> artist that you know I had never heard of, Neil Young. Neil Young, yeah, he's actually really popular. Really? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people know him. I mean, I don't know. I guess I was born in uh, 1991, so maybe it was uh, after my time or something like that. No, 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 before, before, before. Yeah. Huh. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about on the beach? On the beach. Uh, so this is kind of a, a lesser known Neil Young album. Uh, I'll say lesser known because uh, it came out in his height. It came out immediately after one of his uh, uh, most popular albums, Harvest. Uh, but when it came time to put it on cassette and CD, he, for whatever reason, I think it was had to do with the fidelity of the recording, decided not to. He decided against it. And for years, until the early 2000s, it was not released. And there was an online petition that got it released. Uh, it's the album On the Beach. And uh, yeah, uh, he recorded, he actually recorded the album Tonight's the Night. Uh, around the same time actually before it but tonight's the night got released after it uh and yeah it's a uh definitely more of like a deep cut neil young album but one of my favorites and what's interesting is i didn't know that it was released around 2003 that it like got re-released then and that just happened to, that's like around the time when i discovered it not realizing that hey this is this album that just got basically unearthed by uh you know uh that got you know re-entered into to culture um and it's got some really great songs it's got a really cool style i guess he really moved away from uh like uh like harvest was such a high production album and the production's amazing on it and actually if you listen to uh he did a live album that also got released in the early 2000s or oh late 2000s uh 2007 live at massey hall 1971 and that album he plays a lot of the songs from harvest for the first time and it was such a good live performance that uh one of his producers was like oh you should release this and he decided against it because he didn't want the first uh, the first time people heard the songs from Harvest to be live and underproduced, and he waited till people could hear the the big production value of mm. Harvest. So this is this and tonight the night tonight's the night are departure against from that, where uh, a lot of the the people who played tracks on the album didn't even listen to like full like he gave them what to play and didn't have the the full backing for me just had like oh. basic guidelines and stuff like that and there's some amazing uh instrument shit on this like uh there is a really good uh sounds like a fretless bass it gives it kind of like a trombone sound uh on one of the tracks let me pull it up a second um jesus 
Uh, here we go. Uh, on uh, Revolution Blues, there's a really cool, like, here, let's take a listen to that for a second. Hear that, how that bass sounds almost like a trombone? Pretty sure it's because he's playing a fretless bass. And he's doing little slides with the This song, actually. Funny enough that uh, you mentioned the last song had tracks about murders. Right. This song is about. Uh, a murderer, uh, someone that he knew personally from his uh, uh, Laurel Canyon days, Charles Manson. Weird, weird. Yeah, that makes sense. I, this is one of my favorite songs on this album. Um, full review. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I there's songs I love on this album. There's songs that I can like take or leave. I've never been a huge Neil Young guy. Yeah. Um, my dad listened to a lot of Neil Young. I don't know if this is an apt comparison. People always say like Beatles or Rolling Stones, but I I always prefer Bob Dylan to Neil Young, and I think yeah they kind of followed a similar trajectory. Totally. Yeah. Um, both from the north. Uh, uh both big. Uh, 60s kind of solo musician guys uh i yeah totally i i like them both yeah and uh i think it neil young is kind of that like less like smoke up his ass bob dylan like i think less people view neil young as like god where people are like bob dylan is god yeah uh but um and, and yeah, in a way, I feel like he's Neil Young is the kind of deep cutty Bob Dylan in a way, you know. Yeah, and but he also had these, uh, and similarly, they they both had these like weird periods. But he Neil Young in the eighties had this really weird experimental period that I thought was cool, and he does like stuff that I think is like, as far as like kind of like artistic credibility goes, I think are really cool. Like, he did the soundtrack to um, the jim jarmusch movie dead man oh nice and it's really great and from That's the black and white one yeah and from yeah. i mean a lot of jim jarmusch's movies right are black yeah and white, but yeah uh <coughs> he uh from what i hear the way that they recorded it is he watched the movie with a guitar and then they played it again and he laid like the initial tracks down for the the soundtrack so it was like a two, cool album. Yeah. Also, if you check out that album, um, the interesting thing about how they produced the actual album is the movie's a western, right? And this they is the Johnny Depp one, right? Yeah, Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they they turned the movie, they turned the soundtrack, they added in car sounds and clips from the movies. They've basically made it sound like the movie is like a, a road trip. Like where you hear like doors close and the car start and like it's it's really strange that they took like a western movie, put clips throughout the the soundtrack but made it sound like it's like oh we're and the movie is essentially like a road trip movie because they're going on a journey but uh, yeah, hmm. um, but yeah uh, I think this is has some really interesting songs nothing like and what i one of the things i like about this album is like nothing is like this isn't like an album where where anything is like the hit of the album revolution blues i think is yeah, there are yeah. songs that i like better but it it doesn't feel like like this would be a song that would be big on the radio you know no no absolutely i mean i think well let's just go through the tracks Starts off actually. This is the probably the poppiest song on the album. Walk on. You can hear that like crude production in the guitar sound there. Yeah. 
really hear the room. Yeah, I I prefer. I mean, I know this is in stark contrast to the album I suggested, but I like kind of tinnier, underproduced albums than like big, like you know where you can hear everything that's obviously been put in the studio. Yeah. I like how this song starts. Um, it's, it's a good good album starter. Let's get some energy in the room, right. kind of thing. I thought it was when I first played the album. I thought, oh, did I skip to the middle? But no, uh-huh. because it starts so strong. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some very like Neil Youngy harmonies too. Yeah, this song and another one are the most like Neil Youngy songs on the album. Uh, for. Walk on and for the turnstiles, which I loved, are the bol- the two that are like, oh, this is what I think of when I think of Neil Young. So this is a nice little mellow song. This is the second one. Uh, see the sky about to rain. Yeah. Sounds like a a Rhodes probably the keyboard that he's playing. Yeah. Just nice and pleasant. All right. We get that. Uh, then there was Revolution Blues. We've heard that. Yeah, I thought this song was like badass. Like, this yeah. Is good driving music. And uh, this is a song that would make your movie cooler. Right. I mean, it's funny you say it's about a murder. It reminded me of. Uh, Hurricane by Bob Dylan. Oh yeah, yeah, a little um, bit. I see that. Um, uh, there's a little bit in like the actual like the rhythm of his voice that kind of uh is similar to the, the way Bob Dylan sings Hurricane. Yeah. Um, and then you know I did a little bit of research on this album, and I when I first listened to it, I just listened to the first half. And it turns out Neil Young much prefers the second half over here. I love this song. Yeah. I guess this is a banjo guitar. Yeah, I was going to ask. So what I imagine that is is a six-string banjo. Like, uh... Banjos are traditionally, or an American banjo is five strings. It's actually uh, one of the only uh, native to American, to America instruments, because uh, the four-string ban- banjo I think came from Africa, and they added the fifth string, which uh, has that that pinch sound yeah, that yeah. that happens in banjo when you play, uh, and. Yeah, so when I hear banjo guitar, what I'm picturing is like the the drum the drumhead body with six strings tuned like a guitar. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe someone was just saying banjo in a funny way and called it a banjo guitar. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I dig this tune. Um... This next song's really funny, uh, as far as not really funny, but I think it's cool what this song's about. Uh, what do you think this song is about? Eating out a girl on her period. No. <laughs> it's about oil companies. Oh. I think that's cool. Yeah. Singing like a blues song about fucking oil companies in the, the early 70s. Right on, Neil. Here's the titular track. This is my favorite song on the album. It's fucking weird. Yeah, I think this is about living in Cal- like his life in Hollywood, basically. Yeah. Living in Southern California. and Like, I don't do drugs anymore, but this seems like a great song to do drugs to. Yeah. This is like that the scene in the movie where you're they're like 
hey, want to do some acid? And they're like right. lighting candles. And I've never done acid before. I think I'm feeling something. And this song, uh, this next song. This is, uh, I think, about his that that then girlfriend who uh, I looked it up. It, she was like a popular actress of the time. She worked pretty steadily into the '90s, uh, but nothing that I really recognized. Uh, it says it on the the Wiki, Wikipedia of the album. How many uh, how many podcasts out there are just people reading Wikipedia's? Oh, I mean, the most popular podcast that my favorite murder is literally the, just them reading yeah. for the most part, which is a great podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah shout out to Georgia and Karen. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Snodgrass. Carrie Snodgrass. Oh yeah, because. Called motion pictures, in parentheses, for Carrie. Hmm. I would argue that's an appropriate use of the parentheses. Right. Not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then to end off this eight-track album, Ambulance Blues. Some nice Neil Young, you know. It's like some, it's good porch music. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think this Neil Young guy has a future. I feel bad because you were like, we're like picking albums and I'm like, yeah, I pick an album that you like. I'll pick an album that I like. And you're like, all right, brand new. Like something that's like, like you probably don't really know. It's, it's right. like, like kind of has its like, it's niche. And like, uh, I was like, Neil Young. Right. <laughs> Listen to Abbey Road. Yeah. Um, my, <laughs> my album's Beethoven. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of tough to shit on Neil Young. Like it's um and I you know, I'm not going to totally shit on Neil Young. There's a couple I I think the second half of this album is stronger than, or at least more memorable to me than the first. I think On the Beach is a great tune. I like the little uh percussion in it, the little bongos or djembe or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Um and it reminded me of some uh I was going to suggest this like really deep cut weird dub album by <laughs> uh, the guys from Mar- I mean I, I I recommended Marilyn Manson. Right. So, uh, uh, you know. by the guys from Mars Volta they had a little group called De Facto uh but that just sounds like that one track. Um but yeah, I mean I never I'm trying to, you know, I I think the second half of this album is cool. Like the longer songs are better to me revolution blues was a fun one but the last three are like the ones that i was like oh i see why sam likes this album so much yeah uh and yeah i mean well i the songs that really for me stick out that are are memorable for me revolution blues definitely for the turnstiles it's it's really the 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 middle i mean but like also walk on i think kind of makes me happy you know like it has that like it i think it is a good start but it's really those the track three, four, and five that that make the album for me. Uh, but yeah, three, I think four, if, if which is uh, Revolution Blues oh, for the Turnstiles and Vampire Blues. Yeah, my least favorite song is "See the Sky It About to Rain." I think it's it's fine. Yeah, I think it's a good like in between song. It's um, yeah, it's funny how short these albums are. You you complained earlier. <laughs> <laughs> about how long like, the brand new album 12 was. 12 songs. Which to me is like changing how I'm going to recommend albums to you. I don't know. There's yeah. a couple 20-track 
<laughs> albums. Sure. If, if it's like The Locust or something where the songs are a minute long, sure. sure. We yeah. should do, We should. I know you've listened to The Locust, but we should dive into them. Yeah, sure. I, sure. Or if, or maybe I'll recommend. If you, if you do The Locust, do you ever listen to Lightning Bolt? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. only listen to um, Hyper Magic Mountain, whatever the fuck, uh, which is a really dirty production album, but I like that one a whole lot. What's the one that I like? I haven't listened to them in a while, but I've, I they're really cool because that. it's just a bassist and a guitarist, but the bassist uses an octave pedal, so his oh, a bassist and a drummer, but the bass yeah. uses an octave pedal, so his bass can sound like a guitar, which I thought was so cool. Yeah, and their their whole thing was they were just like wanting to be the loudest band. Oh yeah, Ride the Skies is the album that I'm like, that's Lightning Bolt. Yeah. What I what was the one I was talking about? Hyper Magic Mountain. I think that's what it's yeah, called. Yeah, Hyper Hyper Magic Mountain. Um, that's a go. I mean, we should definitely certainly do a a dirty uh, noise episode where we trade noise albums. Oh yeah, I've got other ones too. Like, yeah, I I listen to a lot of um, dirty, noisy, screamoy stuff. Did you ever Did you ever listen to Sonic Youth? No. They're a good noise band. Uh, I never... But also, like, I, I, I would listen to... There's, like, weird avant-garde, like, 70s, like, post-punk avant-garde stuff that I'd listen to. Um, <laughs> well, we're getting a little tight on time, so I'll make right. my recommendation for you. I was... It, it was a recommendation, recommendation I didn't want to make, but I think it's the closest thing. Have you ever listened to Dr. Dog? No, I've I've heard the name. The name's very So Doctor Dog is a band that's been around they tour fucking incessantly. I've seen them three times and never on purpose. Like <laughs> that's like they're just uh, they're ubiquitous. Um I, f- I feel like I've been at festivals they've been at. Right. They they're literally everywhere. Um but and this is more of a band that was inspired by Neil Young than I think that but they put it out out an album called Fate that is like very Neil Youngy with other stuff. Come on, you can pass by. Um, <laughs> See, my girlfriend Emily is being a real pill right now. Right, she's looking for what are you looking for, Emily? Cigarettes, I bet. Siggy wiggies. <laughs> um, so yeah, check out the album Fate by Doctor Dog. It's probably their most popular album. It's the only album by them I listen to. It's one of those they're one of those bands where you listen to one album and you're like, all right, I get it. Yeah. So, um, but some good tunes. The dude, one of the, they have two singers. One of the dudes just sounds like he like took a Neil Young impression <laughs> class. Um, so, cool. but it's good music. I've seen them live. They're they're weird because. All their music is very samey. So what that's like I saw I've seen last time I saw them they performed for like three hours and it was like, Oh my god, you guys wrote the same song yeah. ninety times. But I'll tell you, I mean I uh I every once in a while I'll do this like cover band thing. Sure. Uh where a friend puts on these shows where people get together four song cover bands. And I've done it with The Cure. I've done it with Rage Against Machine, Third Eye Blind, and Modest Mouse. And every time there's a thing where we have a problem, like the drummer, and like I'll usually play bass where we'll be like, all right, we got to play this song. And we can't remember what the song is because all the songs are the same. Right. I think that's just kind of a thing with bands. There's a lot of bands, the, the style... You, you don't realize how similar things are until you really sit down and you break it apart. And yeah, I think it's really easy to have all your songs in some way be the exact same song. Oh, I mean, that's why I don't listen to Weezer anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. They you don't keep need to. making yeah. the same song. Uh, and interestingly enough, Rivers, the lead, Rivers Cuomo, lead singer of Weezer, just yeah, like. Rivers, yeah. Rivers, yeah. yeah. His brother's name is Leaves. I read his biography when I was 14. Um, <laughs> Um, what was it called? It was called like River's Edge or something lame like that. <laughs> um, a river runs through me. But he just oh, that would have been such a good title. That for was it. a good movie. Uh, he just released an interview because they came out with a new album where he's like, they're like, "What's your songwriting process now?" And he's like, "Well, I literally just have a program with a bunch of demos in it, and I look what key I want the song to be in, 
and then I just pick a song and I'm and so like it's obvious that he's been writing the same song for fucking thirty <laughs> years now. Yeah. And it's all about uh having trouble with the ladies. Well, okay. Uh that's all the time we have today for I Hate Your Music. This has been the first episode. I'm Sam Brown with me as always. Michael Scarston, check back next episode where we review Marilyn Manson and Dr. Dog. Thanks so much. Have a nice day.